On today's show, we're going to talk about indoor air quality and how you properly and effectively offer it to your homeowners. Welcome to Cracking the Code, the show that helps you overcome the challenges you face every day in contracting and keeps you on the cutting edge of emerging trends and best practices. Now, before we dive into the content today, I want to throw an offer, a special offer out there if you're not an EGIA Contract University member. If you're enjoying the content that this show provides, I'm going to encourage you to check out the full courses by joining the platform for 30 days free of charge. Click the Join button at the top right of the screen, then select the Plus Membership. We'll give you access to the full courses so you can start to take your business to the next level. You know, as we start the shoulder season and our planned maintenance season here in the industry, one of the things we know is that we got to capitalize on the opportunities when we get into the house. Now, one of the most uh, lucrative opportunities for us is to sell indoor air quality products. When you're talking about IQ, the first thing you have to address is the mindset. It's critically important that we all understand how effective and how useful these products can be to our homeowners. So to get started, I want to share some information with you from Steve Morris. He's going to talk to us about the history of IQ and why it's so important. Hello everybody and welcome to EGIA Contract University. I'm Steve Morris and in this video we're going to cover the background and history of indoor air quality. Everybody wins with indoor air quality. It's kind of neat actually. The client wins because they get asthma and allergy relief and more energy efficiency on their equipment which stops them from overpaying the utility company. They also get to breathe cleaner, fresher, healthier air. As a company we increase revenues and profits. Annual maintenance agreements become more profitable for us because we see people more often. We good repeat business, increased business during the slow months, and improved employee benefits. As a technician, we become more knowledgeable and more professional. This increases our income and our benefits, gives us job security, because we become more valuable to our company and to our customers. It all starts in 1973. 1973 is when we had our first oil embargo. The price of a barrel of oil went from $3 to $12 almost overnight. This was a huge energy crisis. Building codes had to change because we had to tighten up our homes to make them more energy efficient. As we tighten up the homes, we started wrapping them in Tyvek paper and plastic and vapor barriers, double, triple thermal pane windows, steel insulated doors. We did a lot of things to conserve energy and we've done an awesome job at it, but it also locked in the pollutants. We started changing these building materials that we use and they started to off gas. Press wood, particle wood that we build homes with and the furnishings that we come out of. All this stuff accumulates through this chemical soup that we live and breathe in. So there's a rise in chemicals. Chemical use not only in the materials, but in our cleaning supplies. Things that we use every day, hairsprays, plug-in glade air fresheners. All this stuff here again adds to the chemical soup that we live and breathe in. Also about 30 years ago, central air conditioning became more popular. So even, you know, in the winter we're always locked in in the house, but now even in the summertime. We spend about 90% of our time indoors today. So what's the consequences of all this, of the indoor quality challenge? It becomes a, a super effect on our bodies. The consequence is what we call sick home syndrome. In the uh, commercial industry, we call it Legionnaire's disease syndrome. Sometimes it's called sick building syndrome. But suffice it to say, our buildings are sick and causing problems, not only with our health, but with the efficiency of our equipment. We exasperate the problem as human beings. We shed skin, millions of skin, uh, skin flakes every day, and that feeds the dust mites. And the dust mites eat it, and they defecate into the air, and that creates dust mite feces. 15% of the population are, have allergic reaction to that. Perfumes, 
hairs and sprays, air fresheners, deodorizers, plug-in air fresheners, spray deodorizers, cleaning chemicals, indoor and outdoor insecticides, lawn chemicals that we walk, uh, walk on and get into our shoes and then we crush that into the carpets. Pet dander, odors, all this tape right here again adds to this chemical soup that we live and breathe in. Once again, the building materials, carpets, paints, and stains. You add all this together and we wonder why we're sicker today than we ever have been. You know, it's a real interesting industry because it's so big, it's about a $13 billion a year industry now. It grows, and I'm talking about the indoor air quality industry, and it grows from 5 to 7% every year. Now, that's an interesting stat, but we as HVAC contractors and technicians don't capitalize on this opportunity. You know, it's a $13 billion a year industry, and we got this little slice of the pie. Now, who's capitalizing on it? TV infomercials that you see all the time. You used to see the one by Sharp Rimmage. I know it's off the air because they, they lost a lawsuit on, on the Ionic Breeze, but they sold $260 million worth of that product in one year. So tell me people don't want to buy air cleaners. Big box companies like, uh, or the big box stores I should say, like Home Depot. Uh, large retailers, Sears, have indoor air quality boutiques where they, they sell uh, HEPA filters and ionizers. Vacuum cleaner companies, popular multi-level multi marketing companies. We have all these different places that are selling us product that they're, they, they're capitalizing on us. Now we just walk by it every single day as HVAC contractors. And Consumer Report reported that most of these room air, clean, room air cleaners don't even work, or they're very minimal in their efficiency. So now we got products being sold to the people that we see every day, and most of it doesn't work, or only works in one room. We're working on an HVAC system that heat and cools the whole house. We should utilize that heating and cooling system to present to them a whole house air cleaning device as well. Who says it's a problem? Well, let's go through some quotes here. The EPA says a buildup of 0.42, that's 1 20th an inch dirt on a heating and cooling coil, can result in a decrease in efficiency of 21%, increasing your monthly utility bills, your utility fuel bills. Prism Engineering, this is up in Canada, they said even a small amount of particles or particulate can reduce the coil surface area and affect system efficiency. For example, 0.25 millimeters buildup can result in a 20% decrease in the system efficiency. That's only 0.01 inch, one hundredth of an inch reduces its efficiency by that much. Texas A&M University did a study and showed that one eighth of buildup on a dust in a blower wheel will reduce the airflow by as much as 30%. Adrian Environmental does studies before and after duct cleaning. And they said removing the dust from a blower and the ducts can increase the airflow and from the registers by as much as 20%. So, okay, that's how it affects the equipment. How is it affecting our health? Global Initiative for Asthma and the World Health Association says that the, incident, the incidence of asthma has increased 50% in the past 10 years. Contributing factors include indoor allergens and indoor air pollutants. The Centers for Disease Control says the number of children under 18 who have asthma has increased every year since 1985. In fact, asthma is now in epidemic proportions worldwide, especially among school-aged children. The College of uh, Asthma and Allergy Immunization says that 50% of all illnesses are either caused by or aggravated by polluted indoor air. And this is probably the most famous quote that you've heard many, many times. And the EPA says throughout their testing that 
indoor air is two to five times and can be as much as 100 times worse than the worst outside air. There was a study done by Harvard University and they were testing for gas phase contaminations that were in a home that cause cancer. They were looking for 89 different types of cancer-causing chemicals. And here's what they found. Of the 120 homes that they tested, 100% of them had toxic compounds at levels that were making people sick or, or at least were symptomatic. They found 25 of these 89 compounds in every single home, at least 25 of what they call volatile organic compounds or VOCs, at levels here again that were symptomatic. They concluded that this is a nationwide problem. So what they're really saying is that nationally, all the neighborhoods and all the buildings that we have, if they were to test the air, they're finding out that it's two to five times more polluted than worst outside air, what the EPA says. And Harvard University says that it's 100% across the board that we're having challenges in our homes with indoor air pollution in this chemical soup that we live and breathe in. We all get our uh, publications on uh, HVAC, and here's one we're all uh, familiar with, the HVAC uh, business called the HVAC News. And they had a, an interesting article back in 2008 talking about indoor air quality. And they had some things there that I wasn't aware of. Right in the first paragraph, it says, that an average 1,500-square-foot house has about 40 pounds of dust in it. That's pretty amazing when you think about it. We think of dusting and dusting a little bit here and there, but you accumulate it all together, and we got about 40 pounds of dust in just in a 1,500-square-foot house. So why is that even important? Well, I did some little study, just a little Googling, and I Googled dust and dust mites. How many dust mites actually live in an ounce of dust? And I found out through a Google search, there's 42,000 dust mites in an ounce of dust. So let's go through some internet stats here on dust mites. A dust mite's main food source is dead human skin flakes that we talked about before. We have millions of skin flakes that we shed and animal dander. There's 42,000 dust mites living in an ounce of dust. Each one of those dust mites gives out 20 fecal pellets a day. 40 pounds of dust are generated in a 1,500 square foot house. And there's about 15 species of dust mites out there. And it's estimated we breathe two heaping teaspoons of particles every single day. And this includes dust mite feces. So let's do a little math here. If we had a 1,500 square foot house, let's use the math from the, the article, it has 40 pounds of dust in it, there's 16 ounces in a pound, 42,000 dust mites per ounce, each one giving out 20 fecal pellets a day. So here's a simple math. 40 pounds times 16 ounces times 42,000 dust mites times 20 fecal pellets. That's 537,600,000 fecal pellets that are exposed into the air every single day. And that's only one pollutant that we're talking about. And 15% of the population suffer from uh, allergic reactions to dust mite feces. So what's all the fuss about? It's all these things accumulated in these tight homes that we have. So let's dig a little bit further into the history and the background of indoor air quality in our next section. Now that we understand the history of IQ, we're gonna go back and join Steve and talk about the real harmful effects of poor indoor air quality. It's really important that we address this issue for homeowners. Let's join, once again, Steve Morris. Hello, everybody, and welcome to EGIA Contractor University. I'm Steve Morris, and in this video, we're going to continue on with the background on the history of indoor air quality. Let's make indoor air quality simple. It all revolves around the three phases of contamination. 
the particles, the germs, and the gases. These three phases of contamination are all equally responsible for causing allergic reactions and asthmatic attacks. We're going to break these down in the technical section one by one, but for the purpose of the background of indoor air quality, I'm going to kind of cover it in generalities. You know, outdoor air, we're always polluting it. We got factories, we have cars, we have uh, natural things like volcanoes, always putting pollution in the air. But yet, Mother Nature has a way of controlling it. One day we'll have a pollution alert day, and the next day it's fine. How does she do that? Well, Mother Nature has a way of controlling outside air pollution. There's three things outside as well. So there's still particles, germs, and gases. On the particle end, there's a process called ionization that Mother Nature creates outside when we have action days that settles particles out of the air. For the germs, the sun rays, the UVC wavelength of light from the sun sterilizes and kills germs. On the gas end phase of contamination, the odors and the different uh, VOCs that are in the air, Mother Nature creates another wavelength of light known as UVB or photochemical wavelength of light that creates ozone. Ozone's Mother Nature's way of taking care of gases. Lightning, the corona discharge, also creates ozone. And here again in the technical section of the videos, we're going to cover that more in, in more, much more detail. Ionization. Ionization outside takes place when we have action days. Rain, wind, lightning, waterfalls, solar energy creates ioniz the ionization process. All ions basically are, if you break it down to something really simple, are magnets. The particles that are in the air are either positively charged or negatively charged. So if we have a positive ion, Mother Nature will grab the negative particles. If negative ions grab positive particles, and then they start gaining enough weight, gravity has an effect on them and pulls them out of the air. So here's how it works. Graphically described here, we've got positive and negative particles in the air. We've got these ions floating around. And then the, here again, like a, magnetic, uh, a magnet attracting paper clips or anything metal, they gravitate to it and they gain enough weight that they fall out of the air. That's how Mother Nature filters the air through the process of ionization. Ionization doesn't have much an effect on germs and living organisms. They're much, much smaller and they, have that, they don't have that charge. So there's another process. The sunlight, UVC energy from the sun, sterilizes and controls germs, keeps them in check in our outdoor air environment. There's all different wavelengths of light. In the ultraviolet spectrum, there's UVA, UVB, and UVC. UVC, is all these are measured in nanometers. Don't get afraid of the word. All nanometers are, are a measurement. So if you take a wavelength of light and you measure between the wavelength, it gives you a size. At 250 four nanometers, that's where the peak range is for UVC. And that's where it kills and controls the germs. So UVC energy from the sun at 254 nanometers is what controls the germs outside. Then we have the UVB spectrum of light. That's measured at 185 nanometers. This is where, what I mentioned before, the solar energy, the UVB light creates, photochemically creates ozone. Lightning creates ozone as well, but right now we're just talking about the spectrum of light. So UVB at 185 nanometers creates as another way of creating ozone. Ozone will oxidize gases. So ozone here again is created sunlight, and also lightning can create ozone. These two different processes of creating ozone are will come together to control the gases in our outdoor air environment. The challenge we have indoors is the three things that take care of it outside, the ionization, the UVC energy and the ozone are not naturally present in our indoor air environment. 
And then as we talked about in the last video, we've tightened up our homes. Tyvek paper and plastic, and we use all the building materials today, are held, held together with urea formaldehyde and different adhesives. That stuff off-gasses into the air. So our building materials, our furnishings, here again, all off-gas into this tight home. And here again, we wrap it in everything. These double, triple thermal pane windows, we do stuff to make it tight and energy efficient, which is very important. But it's created a problem, and it's also created a market for us. We have these beautiful homes that people are living in, and it's what's making them sick. So remember what the EPA said, indoor air is two to five times, can this be as much as 100 times more polluted than the worst outside air? That's because of everything that we've been talking about here. So let me give you a little analogy. I call this an allergy analogy. Say that five times real quick. Anyway, if you, if you think of two buckets, and keep the concept in the air what's happening outside, because when we think of human beings, when we started populating the earth, we didn't live indoors, we lived outside. Our body is designed to live outside. So let me give you a little analogy here. If we had two buckets, and I'm filling one of the buckets with water, I had a faucet on, I'm putting one gallon of water in this bucket every minute. There's a drain on the bottom letting one gallon out. I got one gallon going in, one gallon going out. How long is it gonna take that bucket to overflow? It will never overflow, because the same amount's going in, it's coming out. If I take the same bucket, turn the faucet on a little bit faster, and put five times as much water going into the bucket than the drain can let out, that bucket is eventually gonna overflow, and overflow fairly quickly. So if you think of the bucket as your body, and the outside air, the first bucket, one going in, one going out, depicts outside air. The second bucket depicts the indoor air. We're breathing five times more pollution than our immune system can keep up with. So let's bring that indoors, this allergy analogy. So if you think of our body and all the toxins that we breathe in, if we were breathing in one part and our immune system's letting one part out, that's what we're doing outside. Because Mother Nature's keeping everything, the particles, germs, and gases in check so that we don't have an overabundance of them. But we bring that indoors and we have this aura around us of particles, germs, and gases at elevated levels. So we're breathing in at least five times, could be as much as 100 times more pollution than it's outside. So our immune system can't keep up. So then we have a little chemical experiment going on inside of our body. Our body creates a histamines. Histamines make you sneeze, hack, cough, cry, give you headaches, skin rashes, all kinds of different things skin, skin rashes or uh, these uh, symptoms do. So we go to a doctor and we say, Doc, I'm sneezing, hacking, coughing, crying. I don't feel good. Well, what can I do? He puts out a prescription pad and he gives us a antihistamine. The antihistamine takes care of the symptom, but it doesn't take care of the cause. So I'm going to step over to the whiteboard here in a little bit and let's talk about this, this analogy in more detail. Okay, like, let's take this allergy analogy to a little bit different level. Remember we had a bucket and we had a drain. So if we had that water coming in at one gallon every minute and this drain is letting one gallon out every minute, the bucket will never overflow. Same amount going in, same amount coming out. So if we change this input to two to five gallons, and I get that number from the EPA. Remember, the EPA says that outdoor air, or I'm sorry, indoor air is two to five times, can be as much as 100 times worse than the worst outside air. 
So what we've got happening inside is we've got two to five times more pollution going in to our body than our immune system can handle. So what happens is it starts to overflow. And it creates that chemical process we call with the, the histamine being created. Histamines here again make you sneeze, hack, cough, cry, and cause other ailments. So we go to a doctor and you say, hey doc, I'm not feeling good, and he gives you an antihistamine. The antihistamine takes care of the symptoms. So over here, we have symptoms, yet we know what the cause is. So wouldn't it be a better idea if we know what the cause is, and there's all kinds of these organizations telling us the challenge with our indoor air environment, we know what the cause is, but all we're really treating on a daily basis with medication is, is some kind of symptom. So if we got a symptom here, medication can take care of it, but it might only take care of it for six, eight hours, maybe 12 hours, sometimes a week if people are on, on shots and things that last longer. But antihistamines, here again, only take care of the symptom. In our market, we could take care of the cause. By having the right products in an HVAC system, we can handle the particles, germs, and gases and bring them to a level that's empty in the bucket. We don't cure anything. We're not curing asthma and allergies. People still have it. What they don't have is what's causing it or aggravating it. So in our environment, in our market, what we need to be talking about and explaining in layman's terms to the homeowners, here's your challenge. Here's why your son, wife, or daughter is suffering. And I know you're on medication. I know it's costing a lot of money. I can't guarantee I'll get you off medication, but I bet we can severely reduce it if we get rid of the cause. Doesn't that make sense? And it reminds me of a story when I was growing up. I hung around with this kid. His name was Terry Conroy. Terry and I were bosom buddies. Whenever you saw Steve, you saw Terry. We'd be you know, riding bikes together, climbing trees together. Every single year, Terry got a bad case of poison ivy. I never got it. I never had poison ivy in my life, but he would get it so bad one year his eyes swelled shut, he had to go to the doctor, and they gave him an antihistamine to take care of it. So every year he's suffering from this, when he was 13 years old, he moved to Phoenix, Arizona. And I remember him writing me a letter. I remember my mom going, hey, Terry wrote you a letter here. And that was before Facebook and texting and all the fun stuff we have today. So I open up the letter, and Terry's writing to me about how nice uh, he likes Arizona. He mentioned, this is a 13-year-old kid, mentions to me in a letter, I did not get poison ivy this year. I remember saying to my mom, ah, Terry gets it every year. He moves to Arizona, he doesn't get it. Isn't that amazing? Not knowing as a 13-year-old what it was. The cause of poison ivy is poison ivy. Well, there ain't no poison ivy in the middle of the desert. That's why he didn't get it. It's not because he's not allergic to poison ivy anymore. It's because he's not in an environment where it exists. Now, he got stung by a scorpion that year and had an allergic reaction to it and had to go to the doctor. The kid's allergic to a whole bunch of stuff. But the point I'm making here is with Terry, he knows what the symptom is and the cause was the poison ivy. If that goes away, it goes away. We can do that in our environment, in a, in a home, by taking care of the particles, germs, and gases, keeping this in mind and addressing the cause, the symptoms will go away. What is the solution to all these phases of contamination we keep talking about? There's the particles, there's the germs and the gases, here again to that elevated levels. So what can we do about it? We can all walk around and wear gas masks. That's one solution. That's not very practical, is it? Or, like I mentioned before, we can keep taking medication. 
Now keep in mind, we're not going to get customers or our clients, or we might, we might get them totally off of medication. But here again, you don't want to promote that. You want to promote that there's causes that are aggravating it, and if we get rid of the cause, the aggravation goes away, the amount of medication you might have to take has to come down. Because we all know that medication is very expensive. The cost of healthcare is rising. Our deductibles are going up. So we're actually paying more than ever for, for medication. So if we can figure out a way naturally to get rid of it, to get rid of causes, I think that's the ultimate solution. Okay, now that we know all about the causes, in our next segments, we're going to talk about how to utilize the heating and cooling system to eliminate or reduce the particles, germs, and gases that are cause of these symptoms and that are cause of causing you to overpay as a utility company. Folks, that's our show for this week. I hope you enjoyed the content here on indoor air quality. It's got a long history. It's really important to your customers, but you got to believe in them before you can sell them. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week right here on Cracking the Code. Until then, have a great week, everybody. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye for now.